The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome, foolish mortals, to Horror Hotel, a PoppyChuloRadio.com original series, Poppy Chulo Radio, pop culture on demand. I am your host and hotel owner, Jeffrey Aruz. We're so glad you could check in. We've been dying to have you. Here on Horror Hotel, we are going to explore some of Hollywood's scariest, most frightening, and creepiest films. Please welcome my co-hosts, Night Manager Legionnaire. Oh, what an excellent day for an exorcism. And Banquet Manager Ramon Marquise. Well, well, I hope you guys are ready. We're not. But before <laughs> we head on over to the ballroom, let's stop by the front desk, where one of our bellhops has a few special announcements. Good evening. We thank you for your patronage. Please step all the way in, and make room for everyone. There's no turning back now. <laughs> I didn't mean to frighten you prematurely. The real chills come later. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash p c r horror hotel. Follow Panpichulo Radio on social media. We are on Facebook. Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Panpichulo Radio. For more information on Horror Hotel, visit panpichuloradio.com slash horrorhotel. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at panpichuloradio.com. Help support Panpichulo Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash panpichuloradio. Are you interested in joining the Panpichulo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at panpichuloradio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Panpichulo Radio programs by visiting panpichuloradio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Panpichulo Radio's Horror Hotel and subscribe. Now, grab some popcorn and some snacks. You may step into the ballroom. It's time for your feature presentation. Thank you. It's time to fire up the film projector in our ballroom so that we can discuss 1973's The Exorcist. Here's the official synopsis of the film. When a girl is possessed by a mysterious entity, her mother seeks the help of two priests to save her daughter. So you all know my question. You don't have to be uh, that's so raven to guess it. <laughs> Has anyone ever seen this movie? Let's start uh, off with, uh, well, Ramon was talking, so Ramon. <laughs> yes, I, I, I have seen it a few times. Legionnaire? Um, not this version. I like it. And I had never seen the movie in its entirety. And I will share my story. As a kid, like you always hear, you know, it's the scariest movie ever. It's the scariest movie ever. And although I did like scary movies then, as I do now, there was something about this movie that I, like, I never really wanted to see it. 
And uh, one day, when I was a tween, I grew the balls, or maybe my balls dropped, and because uh, it was, you know, puberty time. And so I went and purchased a VHS copy of it, and I started to watch it, because usually around Halloween, you know, I love watching scary movies. So I was watching it, and I got up to the point to where she pees on the floor, and I was like, oh, hell no. And so I remember taking the VHS out and I'm like, I'm not going to continue watching this because I know this is the start of the madness. And uh, I ended up actually throwing the VHS in the garbage because I was like, wow. fuck this shit. And um, wow, I know. Well, it was money from my allowance. So, you know, it was my own wasted money. But um, and VHS did, VHSs didn't cost that much back in the day. At least I don't think. I don't remember. But anyway. It wasn't until years later, and by years later, I mean a couple of years ago, that, like, one Saturday, as I was cleaning up the guest room, like, I wanted to watch, you know, I was like, let me put something on the television. And I didn't have anything on my DVR that I wanted to watch, and it was one of those very rare, especially nowadays, like, to actually flip through my DirecTV guide and, like, search for something. Like, I really don't do that. In the age of, like, on-demand and Netflix and Hulu and recorded stuff on your DVR, at least I don't really flip through channels. And so I was flipping through, and on BBC America, of all channels, they had The Exorcist on. And I was like, you know what, let me put this on. You know, I remember, like, sort of being freaked out about the idea of this movie as a kid. Let me put it on. And it was, because uh, it was on BBC America, so they had commercials. And so I think it was, like, a three-hour, at least a two-and-a-half-hour in total type of thing i think i got there around like the last hour with commercials and i saw it and i was like you know what this really isn't as bad as i thought it was as a kid but anyway so i saw like the last hour and i was entertained but yeah this is the first time so officially <laughs> seeing the whole thing and uh yeah so we will get into it so the exorcist is notorious i mean it is like that movie that a lot of people are scared of and are freaked out of and it traumatized a lot of children you know when yeah. it came out and it started showing up on tv and whatnot um i want to ask first before we get into like the cast and everything like that um before seeing the film like, were you, were you sort of, um, was there at all any type of, like, oh my gosh, you know, excitement to it because of uh, the notoriety that this film has before seeing it the very first time? Well, for me, when I first saw it, um, I was very young, and so I didn't really know that much about um, exorcism, so I didn't really know what it was. So for me, it you never was were involved in one. You tried it. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm asking. I grew up. I grew up in more of a um, Christian household, so I didn't really watch a lot. Of I wasn't allowed to watch a lot of different types of movies. So mm. when I was when I first came across this movie, for me it wasn't excitement. It was more kind of curiosity, like what is this about? What is an actual um, exorcism? So that's how my mentality was when I first went to watch it. Okay. Legionnaire, what about you? Um, I was I think I was very young when this movie came out and I saw it. I saw it actually interestingly enough, I saw it at a drive in. Ooh, I love uh, a drive in. Yeah. Because anybody can come up to your car and murder you. What's that? Because anybody can come up to your car and murder you. <laughs> uh, but uh but yeah, I mean, I I'd had no clue going in what to expect, of course, and uh, you know had nightmares for quite some time after viewing it, and had uh, watched it again as I was older, um, and still got some of those same nightmares. So so yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. How can I ask? You don't have to say the exact age, but were you like a teen, a later teen, a, a tween legionnaire when you saw it at the drive-in? Um, when I saw it at the drive-in, I was probably somewhere in the vicinity of nine, nine or ten. Oh, okay, good grief! Legionnaire started young with the horror. Yeah. I like it. Um, yeah, well, I mean, y'all know sort of, like, my opinion of it, because I knew about it, and I knew that it was supposed to be, like, the scariest movie of all time, and I had seen clips of it in, 
like horror documentaries and that kind of stuff, like usually, you know, around Halloween back in the mm. day, like, you know, they would air like these kind of movies all the time. So you would see the trailers or the commercials, like the exorcist will be playing, you know, just in time mm. for the Halloween season and that kind of thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so it's definitely notorious for being creepy. So upon rewatching it, were any of you sort of surprised at sort of like the um how like intricately they introduced all of the characters and set everything up before like really like anything crazy started happening? Because, I mean, there were, like, little things that happened here and there, like the noises and, you know, the fireplace turning on and that kind of stuff. But it really took a while for, like, the actual sort of, like, spooky stuff to start happening, at least in my opinion. What did you all think? I thought, yeah, I mean, I thought there was definitely a lot of setup, um, you know, before things actually started going left. I mean, we... You know, we, we opened up with stuff going on with Father Marin and all of that with the archaeological dig. And then, um, you know, we had all of this stuff happening with Chris McNeil, you know, seeing, you know, getting a sense of who she is and what her life is right. and all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it was a lot of setup, but it wasn't, uh, it was still, in, well, for me, it was still very interesting. Mm-hmm. Because it's because it's like knowing that things are gonna go really really wrong. It was like it was just interesting to see how ordinary everything was before you know the shit hit the fan. And I think I gravitated towards the movie more now than when I was you know a lot younger seeing it because you notice I noticed certain things now. So the setup um, it, it made me really appreciate and enjoy the movie a lot more. Yeah, I can agree with that. If you strip down the movie, like, if you remove, like, all the supernatural elements, it's a really interesting, like, character study. Mm-hmm. The yeah. characters are very well developed, and uh, the early part of the movie really helped with that. Because I think some horror movies, there's, like, nowadays, there's usually, like, maybe ten minutes of setup, and then, the you know, things start going crazy. And this film really took its time to, uh, like, you know, introduce all of the characters, all of these characters mm-hmm. that at some point in the movie will unite in trying to save Regan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, let's talk about our cast. I mean, I think we've got to mention her first, uh, Linda Blair, as Regan. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, this was the movie that uh, blessed her and kind of cursed her. Mm-hmm. Because mm. it was yeah. still around that time where people were, tr- I guess, typecasting everybody. And, uh, right. Unlike nowadays, where it seems like, you know, anybody can star in anything, and, you know, people with our attention spans, you know, they just move on yeah. and... It's okay to see them as somebody else, except for maybe soap opera stars. I feel like like daytime soap opera stars still might have that mm-hmm. problem. But, um, yeah, Linda Blair is always going to be Regan, and unfortunately for her, mm-hmm. fortunately and unfortunately, because fortunately, cause I'm sure she still gets those convention fees and that kind of stuff, but unfortunately because, I mean, she didn't really do much else, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, uh, Max von Sydow as Father Marin. And mm-hmm. Ellen yeah. Burstyn, who's still kicking ass in movies, as uh, Chris McNeil. And, um, well, Jason Miller plays uh, Father Karras, but is anyone else familiar with his work? I'm not. Um, no, not nothing major from him. I mean, that was the main thing that I had seen him in. Okay. I think everyone was really well cast in the movie. <laughs> like, I bought it. Like, everyone really sold who they were playing. Yeah. I would say. Especially Linda Blair for being so young and having to take on such an adult role. 
Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff that, that she needed to do for that movie was like, wow. Right. And to pull it off at such a young age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, everything from the language to some of the actions that she had to simulate doing and all that kind of stuff. I was like, mm-hmm. girl, you know, <laughs> you're going to have nightmares <laughs> about this shit. Right. So, I mean, this is a movie that everyone knows. Like, whether you've seen it or not, I feel like everyone has been exposed to The Exorcist. Whether it's seeing some sort of parody of it, or some sort of um, interpretation that a TV show might have around Halloween of it or the music, like, everyone has been exposed to this at some point in their life. Which is pretty impressive, I'd say. Yeah, I would say. Let's discuss the music of the film. Because the music certainly set the tone. Mm. Like, the theme? Ah, yes. The infamous theme that, I mean, you know, I mean, nowadays we'll get a dubstep remix, but... (laughs) <laughs> you know, I mean, without the dubstep, yeah. I mean, it is a very creepy tune, mm-hmm. and it's all—I mean, it, I'd say it's instantly recognizable as like the Psycho music, the you know, music right. from the film Psycho. Yeah, yeah, the tubular, tubular bells. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, and it's like that weird sort of synth sound that I think always sounds mm-hmm. creepy. Yeah. <laughs> If there's anything that, like, 80s horror movies, like, got right, was, like, all that weird synth music that just, I mean, it sounds unsettling. Mm-hmm. Well, Exorcist was in the 70s, but, you know, that sort of led into the 80s and films during that time. It was good. Yeah, I, it's um, definitely become an iconic piece of music, even though I'm sure the um, <laughs> the composer was not. Had no had no intention of it being used in such a manner. Yeah, that's true. So uh, let's discuss Regan and uh, like how she ended up becoming possessed because it was almost like a, a mixture of of different factors. Like it had to deal with like the artifact, but like also the Ouija board scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was almost like just this horrible combination of stuff that uh, right. led to Regan getting possessed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's discuss her possession. I thought Linda Blair did an excellent job with the possession. Like, I know that oh, we sort of discussed oh, yeah. it a little bit, but like going from, like, how she was before the possession, and then, like, afterwards. Like, it was, like, night and day. Like, she mm-hmm. really took that role seriously. Like, I don't know how you research that or even study that, but, like, she did an, a very convincing job of okay. uh, acting like someone who would be possessed by a demonic force. Yeah, and then, like, when, you know, when she first gets possessed, it was kind of... As, as the movie progressed, it's kind of like it intensified a little, you know, it kind of intensified. Um, and then to the point where, you know, she's in the bed and just her reactions, whether it was to the, uh, when he would throw the holy oil on her or whatever, it's just her, it was a variety of reactions um, that, mm-hmm. her, that her being possessed kind of, you know, exhibited. And I thought that was really cool. It wasn't like the same response throughout the movie it showed she showed diversity yeah there was like a progression in it because like in the beginning i mean you could have just taken it as her being like an obstinate kid right you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like oh you know stop getting lippy and that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. right yeah she because it you know because initially i mean when they started charting a lot of her behavior you just you know you can easily see how it was just dismissed as you know she's heading into her teens and she's going through some stuff you know around you know not necessarily being able to you know have the kind of relationship with her father that she would like so you all those things could come into play and it's like oh okay she's just acting out but you know then it just it just crosses that line and it's like oh okay this is uh this is something else (laughs) 
Yeah. The film has had an incredible legacy. I mean, there have been several mm-hmm. sequels. There was also the television series. Have you two se- seen any of the other sequels or even the most recent TV series that uh, will actually be airing a second season soon? I've never seen the TV show. Um, but I know I have seen a lot of the different Exorcist movies. Yeah, I've I've seen the first sequel, um, but I've never I haven't seen anything beyond that, and I haven't seen the series at all. Okay, I haven't seen any of the sequels, but I have seen the series. Which um, mm. for anyone out there that might be curious, it it does serve as a continuation of uh, the Exorcist story. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, it was really interesting what they did. I enjoyed what I saw with uh, the series. It's only 10 episodes, I think, so it's a quick binge for those out there that might be curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because isn't, uh, isn't it getting a second season? Yes, it was renewed. The second season, okay. they're doing sort of like an anthology type of thing. They're keeping the same priests, but uh, <laughs> it's like a new family with a new uh, demonic possession struggle, I guess. Oh, okay, gotcha. Let's discuss the makeup, because as the film progressed, you know, much like her demeanor and her possession intensified, like the physical reaction to the possession was like really impressive, in my opinion. Like they jacked up her face big time with this (laughs) damn possession. Yeah. Yeah, it looked like the demon was rotting her from the inside Correct. out. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was yeah. horrific doesn't even begin to cover it. I agree. I thought the visual effects were really good. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing looked fake. Cheesy, right. No nothing cheesy, looked cheesy, no nothing looked fake. Yeah. Like, even, like, the levitation, mm-hmm. the, um, I mean, what, you know, we sort of, like, lovingly nowadays refer to as, like, the split pea soup, like, mm-hmm. you know, the <laughs> blood, uh, obviously, the, um, the makeup and whatnot, but, like, everything looked really real, which I found incredibly impressive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's oh, yeah. Yeah, because nowadays, you know, with a lot of CGI. I mean, it it makes some films look incredibly cheesy, and you know, with some simple practical effects, like they managed to make, you know, this girl, like even by today's standards, you know, float in the air, and you know, it just it looked incredibly real. Even like the simple thing is like the bed shaking. Yeah, exactly. Something that's yeah. been, I love that. Simpler. Yeah, I mean, it, it all looked. It was all horrifying. Right, yeah, very believable. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I love when she, like, um, she looks at the picture frame and, like, it just falls down. Like, simple effects like that and just, you know, simple acting, like an evil glare. And, you know, you just sold the whole damn scene. Or, like, when the crease sat down and then the the, the draw opened. Yes. And was like, did you do that? Yeah. 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 Let's talk about the voice. Creepy as hell. And there was multiple voices inside of her. Yes. So when they're throwing the holy oil or when they're reading whatever scriptures or whatever, it was just so many different voices. And then some would be angry, some would be, you know, it was it was, it was crazy. Yeah, and, and just, I think the added creep factor was to hear, you know, for the most part, it it sounded like an older man, mm-hmm. like coming out yeah. of this little girl. Like, right. good grief! It was incredible to see, especially since, like, I mean, this is the seventies, and mm-hmm. you know, on occasion, um, what do you call it? Like, um, dubbing and looping. You know, you can sort of tell. Mm-hmm. And it kind of mm-hmm. takes you out of it. I mean, no offense to some singers nowadays, but I mean, there's some people that really don't know how to lip sync. And so, you know, I guess, you know, it's it's a lost art for some people. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> Linda Blair did like a really great job with it because there, yeah. I don't think, in my opinion, there was a moment where 
I was like, that voice is not coming out of this little girl. Mm-hmm. Well, the well, the demon voice wasn't her. No, correct. That's what I'm saying. The dubbing. Oh, and, okay. You oh, know, yeah. she did a really good job with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it made yeah, it seem was... as if all those voices were coming from her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it was... Man. It was crazy. Let me ask both of you. Is there, like, a moment that's, like, a standout moment for all of you? Like, the what's, in your opinion, the most memorable moment of the film? Like, the moment where you're like, you know, I'm looking forward to this scene when I rewatch it. For me, it was when um, she's in the bed and her face looking all horrible. And when the, the, <laughs> and her the face looking all goes, horrible. The priest goes to, you know, try to talk to her and, and kind of engage her, and she throws up that green stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, for some reason, I just, I feel like I'm so disgusted. But I love the moment. And it was just like, that's one of my favorite scenes. Like, I, I look forward to that one. But I'm like, okay, she go with this bullshit. It's throwing up again. And then what I liked <laughs> is that if you see the rest of the movie, that throw up is somebody got on her, and it's still right there at the top on the collar. I don't know. I just like that. Uh, for me, it was it was in the beginning uh, when when she's first confronted and she she I think she's I think she smacks her mother or mm-hmm. or knocks back one of the doctors and it's like you know the sow is mine and it's just like and that voice that comes out it's like oh my god okay here we go I I knew then that it was gonna it, it was gonna get bad yeah. And then another one that stood up to me is when they're whole, they're having that house party, and she come down mm-hmm. there and she piss on the floor. Yeah, and she just yeah stood the pee on the floor. That was the scene that got me as a kid. Yeah, she just stood, and I'm looking at her like, oh yeah, this stuff is really crazy. You're gonna die up there. <laughs> yeah, and that's when I took the VHS out, but um, because <laughs> I knew shit was gonna go crazy, and it does. Right. right. Yeah. Like, um, I think all of the scenes where she's talking to either Marin or Karis, like when, um, when like the demon is like, you know, like let the girl die, you know, let the girl die, you know, or when, um, the demon was like, um, your mother's here, you know, would you like to leave a message? I was like, oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, when she really started, um, you know, things where she was really trying to screw with um, Father Karras. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all this, I mean, the sexual stuff was very disturbing. Yeah, I can't, it's hard for me to even address that. That's just, yeah, that was, that was rough. Yeah, I, I mean, mean I, all I, of it. I, I never... I never get through that without flinching. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, uh, everything. I mean, damn, Linda Blair, like, what the fuck are they having you do? Right. <laughs> and there's a young, impressionable Catholic altar boy watching her with the with cross. cross I, I was like, oh my God, yeah, that was real. That was truly the stuff of my 10 year old nightmares. Mm. What about you, Ramon? Coming from a Christian household. I mean, for me, I guess whenever I saw that part, I don't know. At, at a young, at a young age, I was definitely shocked. Um, just from you know, just the, the language, because you know, I, a lot of stuff I couldn't watch. But as I got older, for some reason, those moments I laughed. Those moments oh made me my laugh. Gosh. As an adult. <laughs> oh, as an adult, not as a kid. No, 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 no. As an adult, yeah, yeah. yeah. As a kid, I was just shocked because I it was rare that I would hear such language. But as an adult, oh yeah, that stuff would t- it would tickle me. I would, I would just be tickled pink. Mm. That's too much. All right. I will say, Scary Movie did an awesome job parodying this. Mm. Yeah, they did. I think it was Scary Movie Two, if I'm not mistaken. Gotcha. Right. I, I think it was. Yeah, I believe it was the second one. I can't remember. Yeah, with Cedric the Entertainer. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was funny. I think one of my favorite moments, and it's kind of like one of the um, the infamous moments, is like when her head spins. Mm-hmm. Oh like, my god, yeah. That shit, number one, look real as fuck. And number two, 
this is a stupid question, but I always wondered, <laughs> like, after she's possessed, mm. wouldn't her neck be broken? Or something like, shouldn't she have some sort of after effect from that? Because that's you not normal. So. That's when, yeah. like, real life, you know, just comes over me. Yeah, you would think her um, neck's been around 360 degrees with, um, would have her would have, right, would have some lasting effect, but, hey... It's demonic possession. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. What did uh, you all think of, uh, like, the um, the visual representation of the demon? Because, like, you know, throughout the movie, we would get, like, flashes of his face. I'll be honest, I didn't really find him that creepy. But, um... His actions were creepy, but, uh, I mean, he kind of looked like, a, you know, a deranged mime. Um, it creeped me out, uh, only because, you know, as I got older, before I ended up, before I actually saw the movie as an adult, I read the book. So I knew that the, oh. so then I knew that the demon was, was Pazuzu and all that other kind of stuff, and, you know, mm. so that added that added to the creepiness for me. Even though, although it probably would have been different had I not read the book, I probably would not have been as freaked out or creeped out by it. Yeah. What about you, Ramon? Um, I, I probably I agree with him. It definitely gave him the same effect. I definitely agree with that. Okay. Well, two out of three isn't that bad, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. You know, but. I mean, he was creepy when he was possessing her, but I just, like, the little flashes, because, like, he was um, was out on the street, and then all of a sudden we saw the flash of the face, and I was, I'm mm-hmm. like, no. Um, I did, though, like, and especially because it's, you know, it's the late 70s, I loved when, and I believe it was right after her head spun, like, they had, like, that composite shot of, like, mm-hmm. her with his face, like, yeah, in yeah. her. Kind of like a, mm, oh, kind of like a split. Kind yeah. Of yeah. I thought that was, like, really neat. And more so because yeah, of, was. like, the effect and how uh, good it looked for well, 1976. Yeah. In Hollywood, listen, you can do a whole bunch of stuff with some really simplest effects and make it look real. That's true. But then again, sometimes you might use real looking stuff and then you you might end up with the creeping terror but um, <laughs> let's talk about the climax of the movie so uh, Marin dies and now you've got Karis and uh, like Karis has been the demon Pazuzu's like basically like whipping post throughout the entire movie like Pazuzu either ain't got time for Karis or has time for Karis and that's why he's you know he's fucking with them and um Karis has been basically the apprentice in a sense you know he's the um the the priest that is inexperienced and and uh Marin is sort of like the um, the priest that has the experience that's supposed to uh, exercise this young girl. But now it's up to Karis. And uh, at one point, Karis, you know, gets the demon to pop out of uh, Regan. And... Karis ends up, like, sacrificing himself to save uh, Regan. And, uh, like, I guess there's a moment at the very start of the possession, you know, where one, especially if um, they're conscious to the fact that they are getting possessed, you know, can, like, regain their... um, their, I don't know you would call it, um, like your own personality before you get fully possessed by a demon. Mm-hmm. And uh, he ends up sacrificing himself by you know, throwing himself 
out of a window and, and basically killing himself before the demon can either, you know, force him to harm Regan or right. jump back into Regan, basically. Right. And I feel like this is the type of um, trope that I guess started in this film and like maybe has continued on in other demonic possession movies because we've seen this a lot. I feel like there's always some sort of self-sacrifice at the end to like get the demon out. And I thought it was kind of neat to see what I believe could have been like the first time we ever saw something like this on film. I thought it was a really Mm -hmm. strong moment for Karis, especially since, you know, Karis is like the priest that doubted himself. You know, I don't think he really Mm -hmm. thought that he would be able to do it. And finally, you know, he sort of stepped up and he saved the day. Right. Yep. He did. He was, um, you know, he found, he found some, some inner strength in his faith in, uh, in order to, uh, you know, in order to, be heroic and, and mm. you know, off, offer himself up, you know, freely and willingly, and yet still have the uh, wherewithal to to fight against the total possession that would, you know, cause him to, you know, harm Regan. Right. So that so that uh, yeah, so that he could make that make that sacrifice. Mm-hmm. At the end of the film, Regan is back to normal, and. It appears as if she doesn't remember anything that happened. But there is that moment with Father Dyer. And Father Dyer is um, the person that ended up, you know, giving Karis his last rites and whatnot. And we had seen Father Dyer earlier in the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... What did you think that scene meant? Do you feel like there's a part of her that remembers some of it? Do you think she remembered anything? Do you think she didn't remember anything? I mean, when you think about a lot of the um, exorcism type of movies and, and, and just the overall process of an exorcism, I do believe that in the midst of her being possessed that she doesn't remember what occurred. For me, that's, that's I, I do believe that she don't remember Okay. Legionnaire, when you were exercised, do you remember what happened? <laughs> I remembered everything. <laughs> I knew it. Um, but no, I I think that I think that subliminally she I think she focused on I think she focused on the collar cuz subliminally she she knew who saved her. I think on some level she understood or or at least was able to Remember that it was, you know, you know, it was a man, a priest that that helped her or saved her. So I think that kind of led to that to that scene. So even though she didn't remember all the details of what happened, you know, I think there's still a piece of her that that understood that, you know, somehow she was saved by a man in a cloth. Mm. I like that. I like that. I agree with that. I can dig that. So, any final thoughts on The Exorcist? Uh, uh, great movie. Classic. I agree. I definitely enjoyed it. Yeah, there have been actually several releases of the original film. There's, like, the original theatrical edition. There have been some special editions. Like, the one that we saw was uh, the extended edition, which included some additional uh, scenes, in particular, some a little bit longer um, intro with like, you know, that introduces a little bit more of the story a little bit more. And uh, I liked it. Yeah. I was, um, yeah, I was definitely, uh, as I watched it, I was like, oh, okay, this is not the movie I saw originally. Um, you know, so the things that, that were added were definitely, you know, were definitely um, welcome, welcome addition. Oh yeah. I agree. So let's check in and see if The Exorcist has won any awards. And uh, spoiler alert, it has. <laughs> so it was nominated for several Oscars in 1974. 
Some of uh, the nominations included Best Picture, Best Actress in a Leading Role for Ellen Burstyn, Best Actor in a Supporting Role, Jason Miller, Best Actress in a Supporting Role, Linda Blair, Best Director, William Friedkin, Best Cinematography, Best Art Direction, Set Decoration, Best Film Editing, and it has two wins for Best Writing, Screenplay Based on Material from Another Medium, and Best Sound. In the 1974 Golden Globes, it was nominated for Most Promising Newcomer Female, Linda Blair, Best Actress in a Motion Picture Drama, Ellen Burstyn, Best Supporting Actor Motion Picture, Max von Sydow, and it won Best Motion Picture Drama, Best Supporting Actress, motion picture linda blair best screenplay motion picture and best director motion picture and over across the pond in 1975 it was nominated for a bafta for best sound track and in recent years it was nominated for a bunch of saturn awards for um DVD collections and whatnot, and um, going back in time, um, it was nominated, or I should say it won a Golden Scroll at the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films in 1975 for Best Horror Film, Best Writer, Best Makeup, Best Special Effects. In 2010, it became a part of the National Film Registry. Uh, the National Film Preservation Board inducted it in. So, yeah. Several awards for The Exorcist. And over on Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. The Exorcist is uh, certified fresh 86% on the Fresh Meter. All right. Nice. Uh, yes. I'm here for that. Yeah. Absolutely. But I know we can't compare to the Oscars, but I feel like we're kind of Oscars-ish. So let's hand out our own awards. And, uh, you know, let's start off with the scariest moment. Mm, scariest moment. Mm. I guess maybe when both priests was in there and they was trying to do that exorcism and the bed yeah. shaking and... and... Done, you know, it done lit about the grind, just all that chaos is going on. I can yeah, go sign that. Have, yeah, definitely the actual exorcism when 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 the whole room just starts going crazy. Right. Yeah. I'll co sign with that. That was creepy as fuck. Um what about the moment that made you gag? Huh throwing out that green crap. <laughs> <laughs> or wish that... you just on the flow. It was that, and and when um, when Sharon took um, Father Karras to her room and and helped me with scarified into her stomach, that just oh, yeah. that freaked me out. Yeah, I agree with both. Um, what about the most shocking moment? Hmm. Oh, that was that that would be with her with the cross. The cross, that was, that yeah. Was the most, yeah, that was. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a lot. Yeah. What was the read of the night? Baby, I like when mama was cussing all that, <laughs> all that, that, that vulgar language to my son, take dicks up the ass and suck into all that crap she was saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when she was trying to get the doctor to, to explain her, it's like, okay, she's cursing. What what is what is she saying? And then Oh yeah, that was fun. Bro- and he broke it down and she was just like and all she can do is just <laughs> she just yeah, yeah. chuckled like, What? <laughs> it's like, Yeah, girl, you should have took that a little more seriously at the time. For real. Who is the Queen of Shade? I nominate Pazuzu. <laughs> okay. That's a good one. That definitely works. Who is the diva? The diva. I kind of want to give it to the mama. Mm. Yeah. The ingenue, yeah. Regan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the little Regan. The biggest douche, Pazuzu. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
So now it's time to rank the film in our special horror hotel categories. We got The Screamer for a film filled with scares, The Gutbuster for a film that is grotesque, The Eye Popper for a film that is visually impressive, The Gravedigger for a film lacking scares, and uh, The Mind Blower for overall best in show. Legionnaire, you can start. Um, this one definitely gets a screamer and a mind bender, mind blower for me. Um, it, it definitely, there are definitely still scenes in that movie that are disturbing and scary, uh, especially as a, uh, you know, even, even as a fallen Catholic, it still, uh, gives me the willies. Oh my, we'll pick you up. <laughs> All right. Ramon, what about you? You know, for me, I think it's, it was... A classic, you know, we talked earlier about how some of the simple things really had a huge effect on it. Um, the disgusting but effective makeup for her possessed face. Um, I, I, I would definitely give it a mind blower and eye popper. And 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 let and, and let me interject one one more thing real quickly. Can we talk briefly about Max von Sydow's makeup? Because he, in the movie, he was supposed to be 74, but he was actually only 44 years old oh, wow. when he took that role. So that makeup was on point. Oh, that's you know, interesting. Like making him yeah. look like an old man. I didn't realize that. That's crazy. That's interesting because I've only really seen movies of his like in present day, so he kind of looked the same to me. But um, oh, good. <laughs> oh, goodness. I love Needful Things. That's yeah. like that was one of my favorite movies as a eighteen, and like he was in Needful Things, and I mean he yeah. looks like damn near the same in The Exorcist as he does in Needful Things. So I I really didn't pick up on that, but that's <laughs> fascinating. They did da- they did the damn deal with his makeup mm-hmm. to age him up. All right, so I am going to give it. I mean it's obvious a mind blower overall best in show. I will give it a gut buster because some of that stuff is gross. Like, even if it is fake, it just looks very convincing. And from mm-hmm. the cross scene, the crucifix scene, that was gross, um, to the split pea soup, to her spinning her head around, to, uh, you know, the very end when, as I mentioned earlier, it looked like the demon was rotting her from the inside out and her face was all jacked up and whatnot. I have to give it a gut buster. And I'm going to give it a screamer, although there were certain elements that, I mean, was very creepy. Like, now, you know, watching it, for me at least, for the first time fully. Uh, But... I wasn't really that fully scared watching it as I was, like, as a kid. So, you know, sort of, like, for nostalgia reasons, at least for me, um, I'm going to give it a screamer. Because I do remember not being able to get through this movie because I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> oh, hell no. So now it's time to rate the film. On a hotel room key scale from 1 to 10, the point system is allowed. And let's start off with Ramon. Well, for all the reasons that I gave it, you know, gut bless and mind blower. I love the quality of it. I love the storyline. I love the acting. Um, I love everything about the movie. Like I said, I've seen it multiple times and I've enjoyed it each time. I definitely think it's one of those movies that stands the test of time. Um, within the horror genre. So for me, I'm going to give it 10 keys. Legionnaire, what about you? Oh, yeah, this was easy for me. Uh, 10, 10 keys. Um, definitely scared the crap out of me as a kid. Um, so it's definitely a nostalgia factor for me, and it um, definitely holds up. I will continue the trend and give it 10 hotel room keys as well. For all the reasons both of you said, I mean, it's a classic. I mean, and I, you know, I was going to make that point as well, Legionary. Like, it holds up. Like, for mm-hmm. it being a film in the 1970s, like, to this day, you know, uh, what would that be? That's like, 
what's my math? It's like 40 years later? More than 40, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Good grief. It still holds up, and it's still creepy. Yeah. And as, you know, we all mentioned, uh, you know, the effects are really good, and the acting mm-hmm. is fantastic. I mean, you know, this is almost like the perfect horror movie. Mm-hmm. It's a film that's really timeless. I mean, even though, I mean, obviously, like, fashions and whatnot, and even the homes, I mean, it, it looks... Like mm-hmm. the 1970s, but like strip that down, and if you look at just the story and the characters, I mean, this story could have been told anytime, any place. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad that they haven't tried to really remake this because I don't think you could get any better than this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on that note. Please drag your bodies away from the ballroom and prepare to check out. Join us next time for a brand new installment of Horror Hotel. Once again, here's one of our bellhops with a few special announcements. Good evening. We thank you for your patronage. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash p-c-r horror hotel. Follow Panpichulo Radio on social media. We are on Facebook. Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Panpichulo Radio. For more information on Horror Hotel, visit panpichuloradio.com slash horrorhotel. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at panpichuloradio.com. Help support Panpichulo Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash panpichuloradio. Are you interested in joining the Panpichulo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at panpichuloradio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Panpichulo Radio programs by visiting panpichuloradio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Panpichulo Radio's Horror Hotel and subscribe. We hope you've brought your death certificate. Make final arrangements now. (laughs) Thank you. My fellow Horror Hotel team, please wish our hotel guests and the listeners a good night. Good night, listeners. Take care. I enjoyed it. Stay away from the demons. Thanks for tuning in. You may have checked into the Horror Hotel, but who says you're allowed to check out? Good night.